0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden. This is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know you don't mom alone. This is our last episode of 2019, but please stick around at the end of the show. I'm going to share with you something I'm doing special in December to help us parent more calmly. Today is episode 267, and I have the privilege of introducing you to my new friend, Tony Collier.
1: I think I want to say it because I feel like there's so many people out there that are going through this journey of healing. And I think we talk a lot about, man, the other side, keep working, keep pushing. But there were nights when I was on my floor, shaking, sweating, crying and pleading to God to let it be over. There were moments when I looked at my daughter and my daughter's eyes and she represented the pain that I had left in me that I was trying to reconcile at the same time I was trying to parent her. And the only thing, if I'm just being honest, that brought me through was the hope that there was a God that said he could trade my weakness for his power. And that said, where my strength runs out, his strength begins, because I didn't have any strength during that journey.
0: Okay, where are my achievers at? Raise your hand. I'm raising mine. Uh, Tony is a self proclaimed achiever. And if you look at her resume, it shows, right? She's a communicator, a consultant. She works with Andy Stanley's church, Orange Conference, Preemptive Love. The list goes on and on. But today, it's all about Tony sharing her hard spots, the places in her story that aren't shiny and pretty, some childhood trauma, divorce, parenting, a quote unquote stronghold blessing, and the overall message is that broken crayons still color. Don't dismiss God's purpose and plans for your life because of the broken places, that He can use all of that weakness for His glory. It's so good, you will be encouraged by Tony. She's hilarious and fun and real. Before we get to that, I wanna tell you about something that may make your holidays a little bit easier and help your child learn how to read in record speed. If you have a child between the ages of three and seven, listen up this month's sponsor that helps make this show possible is the Phonics Museum app. So what is it? Well, you can get it in your iOS store. You can try it out for two weeks for free. Your child basically enters into a museum-like experience. They'll join Wendy and Percival and the museum curator. They'll interact with living art, and it takes a tools of learning approach as it teaches your child the basics of phonics and helps build their reading skills through games and songs, just a lot of interactive experiences. Try it out for free for two weeks. If you want to get a monthly subscription, you can do that or annual. You can have up to three kids on an account. You can find it in your iOS app. It's called the Phonics Museum. All right, let's get to my conversation with Tony. Here we go. Hey, Tony. Welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Yes. This is real. This is happening. This is real. This is. We spent some time in a green room and now you can't get rid of me.
1: Here we are. Uh, Living it up.
0: Living it up. And I knew from our short time together that the gals who listen to this show would love to hear from you because you're real and honest and you've journeyed with God through lots of different things. And I think. You're going to be one of those like holding your hand out saying, I get it. You know, I I get this mothering journey is hard. So introduce us real quick to your family and we'll get into your story.
1: I will. (laughs) I love my little family. We are a peculiar bunch. Um, We we are a blended family. My daughter calls my husband her bonus dad and he calls her his bonus daughter. Mm. Um, But my husband's name is Sam Collier. Love that man so much. He is a huge part of my redemption story through divorce and not knowing if I was going to continue in faith and him kind of rescuing me. And so he's just incredible. He's done so much for me and my daughter, our daughter, Dylan, Woo. (laughs) She is a, you know, when I say her name, I just almost get the chills for so many reasons, but (laughs) she's a strong, she's a strong willed blessing. Um, she's incredible. She's just, she's so fun. She's animated. She's dramatic in all the best ways. And she's just got some fire in her. She keeps me on my toes. I think what's really cool is this. Everyone keeps saying everyone from my childhood, they're like this girl literally is you cloned and it's incredible. And I hope you're having fun because I'm sure it's hard to raise yourself. I'm like, well, here we here we are. Okay. Um, but it is fun. And I love the stage that she's in. She's five. We're in kindergarten this year, which is a big step for us. Um, but we're, we're traveling, we're speaking, we're bringing her along for the ride. We're balancing stability and making sure she gets to school on time. Um, it's an interesting year for us, but it's it's going so well. I love my family dearly. Oh, and we're in Atlanta. We're in Atlanta. 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 Right. Oh, it really, really was.
0: But I, you know, so much more even to this family that God has brought to you and you learning more about your own story and like what God has brought you through uh, in your own story. So take us back a little bit to your childhood and what was involved in how God has been shaping
1: you, man! What a childhood! First of all, I always get excited about speaking about my childhood because of where I grew up, Houston, Texas. Oh yeah, the best state <laughs> that there is. At least okay? the best shape.
0: They love that's the what shape I'm trying of it. To
1: say that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's the best state, and I'm working on that pride, but it's okay. So grew up in Houston, Texas, also in a blended family. I had uh, three stepbrothers, all older than me, um, two from my dad's previous marriage, um, and then one from my mom's previous marriage. So we we're just a bundle of blendedness. Man, I, I would say, you know, not it on the comparison um, pendulum, but I think I had a pretty difficult childhood. Mm-hmm. I would say our blended family found a lot of stability up until about third grade. My mom had a stroke, massive stroke, and it just took her out. Um, it was truly a traumatic experience for us all. Uh, we couldn't wait for the ambulance. My mom was, you know, seizing and eyes rolling in the back of her head, face spasming, and we're rushing to the hospital in our suburban. And right then and there, I think deeply in my heart, what was planted deeply in my heart was this idea that I am not safe, that no one can protect me and I have to protect myself. And so I think that was the first instance where I saw my three achiever come out and in an unhealthy way. I think the other kind of twinge to my story is that my dad, while married to my mom and present in our household, wasn't really present emotionally or physically most of the time. Mm. He worked a whole bunch. He didn't have a high school diploma. And so my mom fell sick and stayed home and got on disability. My dad worked a whole bunch, but even on top of that, he was just an aggressive man. And I tell you, our story has got so many redemptive parts in it now, but growing up very verbally abusive, uh, very, very harsh on us, never proud, never nurturing. And then also I've got this mom who is just really incapable physically of nurturing and sometimes mentally. And so my two older brothers who had different moms went to go live with their moms. My um, brother that was for my mom, he just was so damaged emotionally from his dad being on drugs, ODing. And so he completely detached from our family. And so it's just me and my mom and me taking her to doctor's appointments and getting my hardship license at 12 and learning how to drive and uh, missing out on birthdays and, you know, spending birthdays in the hospital with my mom, just like taking care of her, watching her heal and come back and watching miracles and signs and wonders in her. Uh, but just alone and and alone and and growing up very soon. So that's like a nutshell of my childhood. I would say from third grade all the way up to high school, we went back and forth with tons of medical issues. And then at 16 years old, um, my mom was better. And I said, hey, I'm going to (laughs) leave. I'm going to leave the house. So I graduated early from high school, put myself on an accelerated track and left the house at 16 years old, put myself through college and started making some amazingly horrible decisions as a 16-year-old trying to run her own life. So that's kind of childhood in a nutshell.
0: That's a lot, Tony.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And every time I do one of these episodes where someone shares a bit more of their story, I get a lot of emails from people saying, you know, no, no story is exactly the same. Sure. But I think we often don't talk about it. And presenting our best versions of ourselves, we want to push those things aside like we you know that was the past and uh I know you and I talked about like just the healing of those things that they do come back up like we can't shove them keep shoving them down what you said about in that moment in the hospital of recognizing you were responsible for you and yet a 16 year old like you said being responsible for herself doesn't necessarily make the best decisions. And so then giving yourself grace for that 16-year-old, like not shaming her either.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: talk through some of the healing, like the untangling you've gone through on this side of it as you look back. You know, if someone hasn't done that work for themselves, like maybe they heard you say that and they had a similar situation with a parent where they took on parenting and they're like, Oh, I never even thought about the fact. Yeah, absolutely. That I would start believing those things. Mm.
1: It's been a long journey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as you were asking the question, I'm like, man,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what a journey! It's truly. Been, it's been a four year journey that I'm on. Uh, the first time I stepped foot in a counseling office is four years ago, and. I, you know, at the first counseling session, they asked the question, you know, tell me a life story and we're drawing out this, you know, canvas of Tony and I'm sitting there and I'm numb because I, I think I was just in fight or flight mode, survival mode. And I unpack all of this and I have, I have a chills just saying it. Um, I, I don't think I've talked about it much, but my counselor goes, you've endured so much and you've thought through it and came out on the other side. And that's amazing. But what some people don't ever get to experience is the side of trauma that makes you completely numb to what's going on. Hmm. A lot of people are, they they stay in the deep trauma of it all. And that, you know, we we have so many, you know, victims of mental health issues and challenges in that area and depression that are fighting through it. And she said, I think you're on the side of complete numbness. Hmm. And I think you're there because no one ever taught you how to feel, because that would have been developed in third grade when your mom got sick. Wow. And she, I wouldn't say she made me, but she said, I think we need to go on a journey of identifying what emotions you swept under the rug. And it was treacherous. (laughs) Like I had just pushed it all for so long. And I wanted to heal from it. And I thought it was going to be a matter of me just identifying that, oh, those things happened. I'm better. I've forgiven. But instead, it was almost like I regressed. I developed a very, very strong case of anxiety, couldn't sleep. I mean, it was almost like the unveiling, the unwrapping of this emotional onion made me worse. Yeah. But there was a healed Tony that I had to get to, not only for me, not only for what would become my new marriage, but for my daughter that I just didn't know I needed. I was so blind to how unhealthy my life actually was. And so we started off with a Beth Moore uh, intensive called So Long Insecurity. You've been a bad friend to us. Um, And that was just unpacking this idea that I'd been performing my way through life so much. That I just, I just found so much security and accolades and achievement. And then we went through EMDR, which was I would say the worst of it. It's trauma treatment. It's putting you know your mind in a sense of uh, REM sleep. For those of you that just don't know, it it brings you back to the roots of your trauma. And my counselor explains it in this way. She said, you know, our lives are like a bookshelf going left to right, and all of our books are are hopefully perfectly lined up. But for those of us that have gone through trauma, it is as if we pulled a book out. And now there's a riff in our lives. And every time we get into a relationship or have a deep and meaningful conversation, it is filtered through all of these riffs that are the the books that have been pulled out that are trauma, and so EMDR teaches you to go back and push in and reconcile those books by completely healing your mind around it. And it was a hard journey. I had to go through it with for my dad. I went through sessions for my mom. I went through sessions for my uh, marriage, my first marriage. That was. Uh, abusive emotionally. We went through a lot of financial strife, poverty, food stamps, and WIC and financial assistance from the church, and manipulation and control and verbal abuse. And it was treacherous. And I just, I, I think I want to say it because I feel like there's so many people out there that are going through this journey of healing. And I think we talk a lot about, man, the other side. Keep working, keep pushing. But there were nights when I was on my floor, shaking, sweating, crying, and pleading to God to let it be over. There were moments when I looked in my daughter and my daughter's eyes, and she represented the pain that I had left in me that I was trying to reconcile at the same time I was trying to parent her. And the only thing, if I'm just being honest, that brought me through was the hope that there was a God that said he could trade my weakness for his power. And that said, where my strength runs out, his strength begins because I didn't have any strength during that journey. But I came out on the other side, thankfully, Um, through all that counseling, I honestly had to get new friends. If I'm just being real about that, Mm -hmm. I had to change my community, be around people that pursued health with me, pursued Jesus with me, and I don't know, could connect to me. I think I had a lot of friends that had never really gone through trauma. And they just couldn't relate with me in that season. And so I had to find some broken friends that had come through it. Honest. Isn't that crazy? It's like, find healthy friends. I'm like, I don't know. I need some (laughs) friends that was like, yeah, girl, be on that floor and cry. Like, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, especially if if you're someone who's more drawn to looking good on the outside, having other people that look Mm -hmm. good on the outside around you probably only reinforces the masking versus the the vulnerability. I'm thinking back to that you know 4 years ago moment and you said I didn't realize how broken I was or how much I work needed to be done I did, and and I'm thinking about there's always this tipping point that says okay I need to go see a counselor. And there's this moment of like I'm not it's not working anymore. All the different systems and coping mechanisms I have in place are not functioning. And if I'm doing the math correctly, I'm thinking you have a one-year-old and I don't know if you were still married at that point, but what was it that caused you to move forward and say enough is enough. And I'm willing to push through the hard, even though you didn't know how hard it would get. Like I'm willing to
1: make that phone call and say, I need help. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I would say the biggest thing was I, I was Obviously going through separation. I divorce was almost finalized. Finally got it finalized 30 days later. Moved into an apartment with my daughter, got a new job, left the church. I was like, this is it. I'm starting my life over. I'm totally fine. And I could not parent my little girl. Hmm. I couldn't do it. Um, I had to call my parents and I said, I think I need you to take her for a little while. It was the summer. I said, I, I just can't look in her eyes and not see pain and anger and resentment and regret. And my, my parents so graciously took her for the summer, which is now called Grandparents Camp. It's like a normal thing for us now. <laughs> you know, they live, they live in a different state. So, But I, I just remember I needed to be alone. And I thought first that it was normal. I was like, well, I guess... I am going through a divorce, so maybe I just maybe I just kind of need some alone time to reset. And then the second thing was, even alone, I couldn't sustain. Yeah, I was just I had lost me. I'd lost so many parts of me. In high school and college, my friends used to call me a Teletubby because they're like, I don't know how you're so happy all the time. Like, what kind of world are you living in? I've never gotten into a fight before. I was. You know, I just had this very, I don't know, rainbow view of the world. And I lost that. Yeah. I lost my joy. I lost everything was just horrible. I'm like, well, I mean, this is my life. It sucks. Whatever. But I'd lost who I was. And so I said, man, maybe I need some help. And that was the moment where I was like, well, let me go to counseling. Maybe they can help me. And it I was like, oh yeah, this what this is exactly what I needed. I don't know. It was just world changing. But those were, were truly the two things that just tipped me right on over. My mm-hmm. parents thought I was crazy. What are you going to counseling for? Yeah, Because again, from that community, it's just like, oh, there's there must be really something wrong,
0: you know? And, and why is your faith not enough is what she was. Oh,
1: telling. my yeah. God. Isn't Jesus? Lean on enough? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lean on Jesus. He's going to fix it all. He's going to fix it all. And it says so clearly in our Bible that faith without works is dead. It says so clearly in Luke that, you know, given you, you shall receive, Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Man will give into your bosom as if Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless you through other people. There are other people I've designed and put in your life that can help heal you. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. There's so much. There's like a,
0: there's like a grit of like, I'm just going to push through. I'm going to keep pushing through. Yeah. And Absolutely. then there's this isolation of, in you're you're with people like you're saying everyone thought you were Telly Tubby happy all the time. You're with people, but not revealing what's behind that. Mm, yeah, because that's weakness. That's vulnerability. And right. There's this undercurrent of that's that's not allowed. That's not allowed. For sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um. And I, I want to acknowledge your tears.
1: I know. I know I didn't I didn't think I was going to get emotional. It I'm hit me. sad. I'm okay. sad
0: with you. So just Yeah. And I think as moms, there's this um burden of we should always be able to take care of our kids and there's a shame or a guilt that when we are not in a good place and we have to say I I can't care for my child. That is just deep grief and i just want to free someone if they're in that place that you did an amazing thing to reach out to your parents and say i need help right now yeah that's a that is a really brave good thing to not just push through and hide that you said i need help like i think so many of us are pushing through in one way or the other in the name of a good mom, right? A yep. good mom oh, yeah. never admits that she's not in a in a place that she can care well. So Oh yeah.
1: 100%. Especially for this achiever. Yeah. Goodness.
0: Right. And they I know they listen to the show cuz they're listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> like they like to be good moms, so they listen to the podcast. That's right. They're like I'm going to kill it. I'm going to nail this thing. Y'all are such great moms, and I know that you want to do a great job, and that's why I love equipping you with resources that help you be the kind of mom you want to be. And one of those resources is this month's sponsor. It's called Kids Faith Crate. If you're a mom who knows you you want to do some more crafts with your kids, but you don't know where to get started, or maybe you want to talk to them about faith, and you have no history of growing up in a home of faith, well, with Kids Faith Crate, you'll get a monthly subscription. And you'll have weekly Bible lessons and craft supplies. You'll get scripture to memorize. Uh, You'll have conversation starters and a scripture to pray over your kids. It's so fantastic. It's directed towards kids ages four to 10. And you have an option to include craft supplies for up to three kids. Just go to kidsfaithcrate.com, and crate is spelled with a K, and For you DMA listeners, there's a code, use DMA10 to get $10 off your subscription. I think it's a great idea for grandparents to get kids for the Christmas, or if you're looking for more family discipleship in 2020, such a great tool to help you do that. Kidsfaithcrate.com and crate with a K. All right, let's get back to my chat with Tony. Here we go. So if y'all didn't think that was enough, Ah, for Tony, this strong-willed blessing, man, it's one thing to care for a child. And it's another thing when that child has unique wiring and, you know, leadership skills, if you will. Yep, there it is right there. And processing and it brings you to your knees as a mom. And so there's that humbling. So talk to us about like, as you're getting healthy and you're going through counseling and then you're parenting, what was revealed to you? In that
1: dream. Well, well, well. <laughs> so um, went through a lot of counseling. One of the things that helped me the most, I want to touch on because I I think it's hard to parent. I think it's harder to parent in trauma. I think it's even harder to, to parent when you're trying to forgive and you got the co-parenting balance. I mean, I think it's just hard. One of my counselors said, It's hard for you to parent your baby girl because the baby girl in you is completely broken and has mm. been through trauma. Mm. And he said, what would it look like if you tried to heal both at the same time? And it was crazy. I was like, okay, how do I do that? Tell me. So we started these daily affirmations for my little about just pouring into her. You are good. You're kind. You're smart. You're brave. You're courageous. You're beautiful inside and out. You're loved by God and by your family. And My counselor said, while I am telling her the things that she needs to hear, make sure that there are words that I needed to hear when I was her age, Mm -hmm. because I didn't hear them. And he said, also, I want you to have some type of um, token, something that you remember from your childhood while you're doing that. And I'm like, okay, well, this is getting kind of weird. But he's like, just trust me on this. I'm like, okay, buddy, I got it. (laughs) So I'm, I'm thinking back, I'm like, man, what was the thing in my childhood that I remember that I really loved? And it was Madeline. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I loved Madeline. And so I go to my counselor's office. I'm like, I ordered on eBay this stuffed Madeline doll. And he goes, why do you think it was Madeline? Mm. And I said, I mean, I don't know. I think I just really liked her. that she had a little accent. He said, you know, don't you think that Madeline story is very similar to yours? we don't really know where her parents were. We don't know if she was abandoned or what happened, but she was still so happy, wasn't she? Even away from her family. And I'm like, oh gosh, what? Madeline is me. And so I have this Madeline doll and I look at her every morning and then I go in my daughter's room and I give her affirmations. And I just have to say, we are healing from that in an incredibly beautiful way. But the reason why my daughter needed some affirmations, which I think every child does, but I just didn't grow up with that. So I didn't even know that was needed. Right. But you know, well, you
0: didn't have a model to copy. Yeah, right. Yes.
1: But we got it from her counselor because at three years old, I'm going through counseling. I'm building. I've got, you know, three years of counseling under my belt. She starts having these extreme blow-ups at school. Hmm. And she was in preschool since six weeks old, did her mother's morning out program, transitioned from you know, a few days, a few hours to full-time, and she was fine. At three, I got a call that she was screaming and yelling and pushing over tables and throwing chairs and hitting friends. I, I was like, what are y'all even talking about? And we we think discipline is the answer. It doesn't work. It gets worse.
0: Mm.
1: We think, okay, maybe we need to give her some rewards for good days. It doesn't work. We finally get her in counseling. We go weekly. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We don't really get much out of a three-year-old. That's not working. We get kicked out of a preschool. We put her into a smaller class environment, preschool. We got kicked out of that one. We say, let's try Montessori the first week. They're like, we can't even accept her because she's literally a safety risk to our class. We finally get her into testing. We get a diagnosis. She has sensory processing disorder, mild ADHD, but she also has oppositional defiance disorder. We just get all of these answers and we're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds just like it. What do we do? And so we stay in weekly counseling for the emotional side because now she's got negative self-talk going on because she literally just got kicked out of two schools and released and not accepted into another. And so now there's self negative talking. so we're processing through that. We're going through interactive metronome therapy, which is a rewiring of the neurofeedback to slow down how quickly her brain responds to sensory um, overload. Yeah. And then we decide that we have to homeschool when she's four because we've learned all this, you know, no school really has the support that we need, no preschool specifically. Yeah. And so then we homeschool with a nanny and it was hard A lot of things went on pause for me in my career, a lot of tears, a lot of shame. Gosh, shame, 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 guilt. It was hard. It was a hard year for us. And now we're in kindergarten, which is what some people would say was impossible. Mm -hmm. Everyone said, keep, put her back in preschool if you're going to do it, keep her homeschooling. But she begged and begged and begged and begged. And wanted to be in school. And now we, you know, got a behavioral plan. We, I don't know, just luckily found, we're so blessed, found a school. that had a kindergarten class that has uh, kids that are both balancing learning disorders and emotional disorders and different challenges and unique wirings. But it's a classroom that wants to integrate them into the regular flow. If we can use the word regular, you know, it's so right. hard to, to right. compare that, Right. Um, but wants to fully integrate them into um, the typical kindergarten experience. And so it's been great. It's been good. Let me say that. Well, the day I, I saw like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about the day you saw me. Please. Yeah. Yeah. We're suspended from school. Three weeks into school, we get suspended. That's right, folks. <sighs> and that's because we
0: were doing a mom life event.
1: That's because we we're doing a mom event.
0: We're talking so. about being good moms. That's and right.
1: You the get day. suspended.
0: Yeah. From school. Yeah.
1: So, um, but she's had a good week. She's, you know, we're, we're doing this raffle ticket system. We're doing a, you know, check-in every single 30 minutes of the day, smiley face, no smiley face type thing. And, and it's been working and it's kind of crazy to think that it's, you know, for some parents, I think they would frown upon it and say, are you incentivizing behavior? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you're darn right. We are. (laughs) Because I think my kid's an (laughs) achiever as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got this surprise bucket. And every time we get a raffle, we're going in that surprise bucket. We're going to refill that thing. And we're incentivizing what would be, I don't know, for some kids, maybe not appropriate. But for ours who struggles and needs a continual rub on the back, we're doing it.
0: Well, and this is where we can't just say like, oh, and make judgments of each other. And formulize the whole thing, because here's what I hear, because I you and I have related on this topic. I get that there is not this innate need to please that is in some kids. Mm. Right. And so the incentive, the incentivizing, I don't know if that's a word, doesn't come from just this like I want to please you and that's enough. And I'll change my behavior because that's in all kids, whether they get a prize or not except in the case of some of my children and maybe in your daughter's case, that's not enough. And so you need an extra outside incentive. And then what you're doing is you're building a habit. Yeah. You're good. building a habit of her being in a classroom in a way that helps her learn, helps others learn, keeps her in that good state of sensory regulation and her, her neurons start to remember what that feels like. And if it takes... A raffle ticket and a surprise bucket to get that (laughs) habit and that neurological pathway rubbed up. So be it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we're doing it. Do what works and helps you all attach well and have positive experiences.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we're doing it. We are crushing it, I feel like at this point. I'm just saying. I'm like, look, we have been through a hard year. We're doing what it
0: takes over here. I feel like we're crushing it, man. I do. And then your husband, Sam, Oh, what is his, what is he, is he a pastor? Did I make that up? He is a pastor. Okay. So you're a pastor's wife. You know, it's interesting. I would say we're co-pastors. I was going to say, I don't see you as a pastor. I mean, the stereotypical. No, I would say
1: I'm not a first lady. Okay. Uh I do. Yeah. He's a pastor as well. See, I just feel like I'm a cry again. I just don't know why you're asking these questions. Holy Um, Spirit. Bring it, bring the, cr- bring it. That means the Holy bring Spirit's here. Tears. Come on, tears. Come on. Um, Sam saved our lives. He saved my faith in so many ways. He saved me financially, I think. If we're just going to be honest about it. Yeah. I Another little twinge in my story. I was working for a church full time. I uh, had a really hard church experience, a lot of manipulation there, a lot of church hurt after that. A really hard transition. And I did not think that I was going to ever be in ministry again. I was ordained. I was a youth pastor. I'd done all these things and I was so ashamed and guilty to be doing the Lord's work, but also being a divorce because there's so much shame that's outward shame that's put out on that. And I just did not think I was going to work for the church again. I said, "Well, I'll at least w- work for a nonprofit." I started working with Girl Scout Corporate to help inner-city girls become Girl Scouts that couldn't financially afford it. And I kn- I knew that the Lord was like, Mm-mm, "I know what I created you for, and you know too." But I was just too hurt in that area. And I remember meeting Sam at this random church planning meeting. I was helping someone to strategize a creative ministry that they wanted to start in Atlanta. And he was at the meeting and he comes up to me and he's like, hey, what do you do? And I kind of tell him my story a little bit. And he's like, well, I feel like the Lord is saying you need to stay in ministry. And I'm like, oh, brother, I just don't know about that. Like this chick is a little too broken for that. Yeah. And he said, No, I feel like you're supposed to be in ministry, and I also feel like I'm supposed to help you stay in it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, bruh, come on. So we're just friends. He introduces me to people at uh, North Point, leaders. They're like, oh, absolutely. We would love, we want diversity. We want, we want it. Like we want more females on the platform, et cetera. I hop on stage at North Point and my entire life changed. Wow. In the, I mean, in weeks. Wow. Every campus was reaching out uh, orange Christian curriculum started reaching out. Chick-fil-A reached out. They're like, who is this girl? She's made for this. And it was the first time in a long time that I had been in a ministry that celebrated my gifts, Mm. wasn't intimidated by them and also welcomed my brokenness. It is as if I had experienced a new Jesus Mm. because in the church that I was at, it was this God that frowned upon me. And if you don't tithe, You're not going to fulfill what God has for you. If you don't activate your dreams and chase after them, he's going to take them away and give them to somebody else. Mm. It was that God. And I discovered a new God at North Point under the leadership of Andy and Sandra Stanley, and it changed my life. Mm. And Sam was that conduit. Mm. And thankfully, he also worked for a Christian curriculum company that specialized and helping kids move from phases in a healthy way with faith. Wow. And so I can just remember the moments where he's like, hey, I would love to offer up some advice, some biblical, biblically foundational advice for Dylan. Let me help you process this. Let me walk through this with you. Let me get you resources to help you parent. And it was crazy. It was like, who is this guy that the Lord has sent that has redeemed not only my faith, that has also redeemed my parenting, but has shown me that I'm still lovable, deeply lovable without condition. And he helped me to believe in love again. And it was just crazy. He redeemed, God redeemed the times through Sam. So
0: I was just reading Ezekiel 34 like you do. Yeah, and you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. The most popular book. You know? Just
0: talking about us being servant leaders. Mm. And it was Ezekiel getting a prophecy from God that the shepherds were not shepherding the sheep of Israel, that they weren't feeding them. They weren't gathering the ones that were, were hurt. They weren't gathering up the ones that were lost and had wandered away. And he said, I'm going to do it. And he wasn't saying, like just, I'm going to do it. Like God is going to just mirac- like step in His handle, reach down, and it's going to grab Tony, the sheep that is broken and wounded and and wandering. I'm going to use my people, and because I care for you, I care for those sheep, and I'm going to bring them a real shepherd, Jesus, who's going to show the actual example of what it is to lay your life down for someone else. And so I love that that's what this is. This is this is Sam used by God to redeem a story and then just God saying, ultimately, I see you, Tony, and I am your shepherd and I am leading you to a good pasture. Yep. It's not trampled water. That's clear, not muddy. Like I'm going to meet your needs and actually give you good things. Mm. And it's not, not this prosperity gospel, more just like, A God who loves us and cares for us in the ways that, like you were saying in your childhood, you didn't get to experience then. But he's showing you now is such a sweet, sweet, like you said, redemption of all things. So, yeah, Mm. and still unfolding. You're just getting started, right? Just getting getting started. started. Okay, well, we have to like we could talk for three days, I think. Um, we're going to have to let this listener go, but t- I want them to be able to find you. I'm going to put stuff in the show notes, like your site and your Instagram. Yeah. Um, Tell them about your broken crayons so they can find
1: oh, that. I will. Yeah. <laughs> so through this story of God using broken people, specifically me, I couldn't keep quiet about that. Yeah. I, I knew that there were other people, maybe even a whole generation, <laughs> that bought into this lie that we had to be perfect to be used by God and that it just wasn't true. And that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And our response gets to be that we will boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses that we will stand on platforms and actually talk about how sucky we are and how broken we are so that God's power will rest on us and so that other people will see it because that's Paul talking to the Corinth church and saying like hey stop being prideful and stop shunning people for being broken boast about your brokenness so that other people can see the power of God and so it started off as just a talk Then I just felt led to maybe about a year ago to maybe start writing about this idea. Then God was like, slow down, take care of your kid. She needs to be homeschooled. I was like, okay, great. (laughs) So I laid it down. He was like, it's not right now. And looked up and about two months ago, relaunched with a team of four incredibly broken, but hopeful women that are so talented. I can't even, Maggie, Danielle and Bailey, they' are just the most talented bunch i've I've ever gotten the pleasure to work with. And so now we are creating series all around brokenness and the things that just absolutely crush us sometimes, and God's redemption in that and how to get through those things. We're also creating devotionals, and we're doing videos and lives and all the things. And so you can find all of that content on broken crayons.com. We spelled it in the best way. It's B R K N, which is a millennial thing, crayons.com. Same thing on Instagram at B R K N crayons, broken crayons. And so we're just doing it. We're cranking out content and we're partnering with other women that have a story of brokenness. And it's, it's been so good. God's been so faithful in it. So that's what, that's what we're doing.
0: Cause if y'all didn't catch it, broken crayons, still color. Ah! They still color. 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 They They do. Yeah, it still works. It still Mm -hmm, works. (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tony, I'm so thankful that our paths crossed and I get to share you with more people. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for being brave, putting yourself out there. And um, we're just we're just all cheering you on, girl. Keep going.
1: Keep going. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for this platform. Gosh, it's so needed. It's so needed. It's so needed for us mamas.
0: Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Starting December 2nd, I'm gonna offer this five weeks calm parenting series. And if you sign up between now and then, or even after it's started, you can get one email a week for five weeks in it. I'm gonna share some of my story. I'm gonna give tips. I'm gonna give you a podcast episode you can listen to. And it's gonna help us just kind of Tune in to why we're getting angry and where the challenges are, and I'm going to share some of what I've learned over the years of interviewing guests and my own journey of parenting. So if you want to check it out, go to DontMomAlone.com forward slash Calm Parenting. It's DontMomAlone.com forward slash Calm Parenting to sign up to get that in your inbox once a week for five weeks. Okay, before I say goodbye for 2019, I'm going to pray over us for this holiday season. Lord, I thank you for the gal who's listening. I thank you that she has dedicated time today to think more about you, to consider how you can use those hard places. Maybe you're prompting her today, Lord, to finally make that appointment with a therapist. I just heard from a mom this week about that. And I, I know that it is okay to say that we need some outside help. And you, God, um, direct our path in that. I thank you that we can gather with family This holiday season, but I also know that there is stress involved and I pray That you would be the one who calms our hearts that directs our spirits who (sighs) Reminds us of the truth of who we are our identity in you And how we get to be a blessing to those around us Uh, I pray that we remember the truth that you loved us so much you sent your own son Down to earth to take the form of a baby's body and for mary to be brave and to parent the Christ child, Lord. I pray that we could uh, be just emboldened with your spirit to parent the children you have assigned to us. And um, I thank you for these moms. I pray for just uh, a fantastic 2020 that we're headed into. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for a great year. It was my year of boldness and going and moving into new things. I can't wait for what God has in 2020. Oh my goodness. I realize the word he's been leading me to is vision. And if you think about it, you talk about 2020 vision. Oh my word, y'all. I just had a breakthrough as I'm recording this. Uh, I'm praying that he directs your steps as you look forward into 2020, what he wants you to focus in on and to let go of. Thanks y'all for supporting the show. Tell a friend and I'll talk to you next year.